to say welcome to everyone, and uh, glad that you're here. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan and team, to leading us in worship this morning. It was good, wasn't it, just to be in the presence of the Lord this morning, and we're going to dive into God's Word in just a moment. Before we do, we've got to share some things with you. If you have your bulletin, take it out. If you don't, raise your hand. We want to make sure everyone has a bulletin. Fill out that friendship register. So good to see so many family, friends, and faces here, and, and uh, kind of that holiday season still, so we're glad that you're here. We want to say welcome to everyone, and uh, God bless you. We're, uh, we're thrilled to have you here with us on the first Sunday of the new year, and uh, uh, we're going to start the year out right. So if you could take out the Friendship Register, this is the only service that we have this weekend, so fill that out. Give us a record of your visit. And let us know how we can pray for you this week. What can we pray for you about in 2011? We want to pray for you. You aren't meant to carry your burdens alone. So fill that out and also give God a praise report as we begin a new year because God is good all the time. So um, it's a good season here at Christian Life. Now, uh, as we welcome everybody, this is a special Sunday. I'm kind of excited because 35 years ago this Sunday was the birth of Christian Life Church as we know it. We're celebrating our 35th uh, birthday today as a church. And that's something special. Now, I know that's not old when it comes to churches. There's a lot of churches older than that. But uh, God has blessed us in amazing, amazing ways in those 35 years. And it has been a privilege and an honor to walk with God and to be a part of the church. And, and there are those here today that were here 35 years ago. And uh, so it's a blessing to have. Uh, whether you've been here 35 years or you've been here the last five minutes, it is the right place to be. Uh, sometimes when we worship, I feel like, We've got this like direct line to heaven or something, you know. And, and you know what? That's, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes here. I know it's announcement time, but just can I just share my heart with you for a moment? Would you just look around at the people you're sitting around and, and in your section and oh, just look around? You know that there's no real reason we should know anybody else in this room except maybe family. I mean, honestly, the only reason we come together is because we're the church. You know what? And, and you know what? When I look around this room, I can't imagine my life without you guys. You know, you, there's no reason we should really be connected, but yet we are because that's what the church is. The church is the gathering together of believers into the family of God. When you're, when you're saved, you're put into the family of God, and then he puts you into the church to give you family because you weren't meant to be a Christian all alone. And we are a church that's built on the book of Acts, and, and there's four principles of our church, and I wanted to share this on our birthday. You can see them in the banners on the back. You can see them in our stained glass windows. You can see them on the doors when you come in. The symbols are everywhere. We're a worshiping, teaching, caring, and sharing church. And those aren't just ideas that Pastor Merrill came up with 35 years ago. Those are principles from God's Word in the book of Acts of what the early church was and what His church should always be. And we should be a worshiping church, and we were that today, but I want us to continue in worship. Because when Pastor Merrill came... They, they paid a price for worship. We were the crazy church that worshiped. Now listen, worship is really cool now, isn't it? It's in all the churches. It's the number one best-selling Christian genre is worship, but it wasn't that way 35 years ago. And, and, and I believe that, that our church is, is to be on that cutting front when it comes to worship, when it comes to just abandoning ourselves to God, because that's a principle of our church. We are a worshiping church, just like they did in the book of Acts. We want to worship the Lord. We're a teaching church where his word is central. We, we do things according to the scriptures. We, we, it's how we line up our lives. It's how we do church. We don't, we don't have a, a church structure that comes from some other place other than what the Bible says. And again, this is something that's been a part of our church is that the Bible is going to be teached every weekend. We're, we're not going to teach a good thought or the latest theology that's out there. What does the word of God say? We want to live our lives according to the Word. Because how are we supposed to live in God's kingdom? How are we supposed to be Christians in the world today? The only way we'll know is through His Word. And so we're a teaching church. We're a caring church. Like I said, we weren't meant to be Christians all alone. We need one another. There's no reason for us to be friends. There's no reason for us to be family, except that we are bound together in Christ. And when we're bound together in Christ, now we're family. Now we have a relationship. There's an accountability. There's an encouragement. There's all that in our relationship with one another. And finally, we're a sharing church. We're a sharing church. It's not meant just for us. We're meant to give it to the world and share it with our families and our neighbors and our friends. And I hear over and over again 
every week of people in this church sharing their lives. We just did a meal pack for the Philippines where we fed thousands of meals over there because somebody in our church, Susan, has a heart for children in the Philippines. When she went back there and she saw them, and, 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 and I could just go on and, and talk about people discipling other people. I mean, just story after story of how our church is a sharing church. And we're sharing pastors. We get to share our pastors with churches all over the country. I mean, amazing stories. This past year, there were dozens of churches I began to count how many churches we went and visited or preached at, or even Pastor Harry today still a couple years into helping a church that's in trouble. I mean, all these things, we just release our, our pastors to go. We actually have been uh, in, in our, our fellowships that we're a part of. We're leadership in these fellowship of churches. And so we influence literally hundreds, if not thousands of churches. Our church, and, and me as pastor, we were selected by our region, a 10-state region, to be the representative and to help oversee churches and ministries and pastors over 10 states in the Midwest. God has blessed Christian Life Church. I mean, you can look around today and see how many people are here, but I want to tell you that we are ministering to thousands of people. And God has blessed us. We are not a church that has just come in and, and take, but we're a church that sends and gives out. And that's very, very important. And that's been a part of what we've done since the very beginning. So not only do we do that as a church, but when you put in the missionaries that we've supported over the years, that gets multiplied by thousands. When you think about the world and God says to go into all the world and preach the gospel, we've been doing that since day one. In 1976, we gave $4,000 to missions. As that was 35 years ago. That year, $4,000 to missions. Last year, we gave over $186,000. Uh, I mean, that's unbelievable. And so, um, and I know, I know that, you know, missions and helping the poor and orphanages and stuff, I mean, I know that's all the rage now, but it wasn't 35 years ago. And yet, there has been millions of dollars given by, by us to overseas missions. And we think about that, millions of dollars in those years. And so we are a sharing church. And that's all that to say this, is that I can't believe how generous a church you are. Because a couple months ago, I had to stand up and I shared with you uh, a problem we had in our church. As our giving had declined for two years, we found ourselves with $44,000 of bills that we couldn't pay before the end of the year. Now, cuts have been made and things have been changed. So then in 2011, we'll be on track, but we could not start a new year. 44,000s or more in debt. There was just no way. And um, so we put the call out and we asked people to get current on their tithes, on their giving, and, and a Thanksgiving offering. And um, I'm pretty excited because not only has all that debt been paid, we're, we are ahead. We were able to get some bills that are going to come in in January and start paying ahead on things that are coming in. And that's pretty cool. And, um, and, I, and it's, it's making some funny noises, but we, got, we were able to get brand new microphones that won't be bad anymore, that I won't have to change in the middle of a sermon. Or, and uh, so I'm really excited about that. I mean, that's not very big expense, but still it was like, wow, we could do it. We got bulbs for the, the lights. We got, you know, it was just exciting. And, and uh, we still have more that's been in the mail because uh, things are, can be postdated from the, the 31st, so we'll know the first of this week. So we'll be able to give you a, a grand total. But I want to tell you, through your generosity, big gifts and small, it has all been wiped out. We've never been stronger at the end of the year. We've never been stronger moving into a new year. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has planned for those that love Him. Thank you for being generous. Can you give you guys a hand this morning? And... Um, so, uh, so we'll have a total of, of everything in, in the weeks to come when we get that all counted. And uh, so, but it is good. So I'm just thrilled this morning. Can we just thank God? Thank you, God. We honor you today, Lord. We thank you, God. And Lord, you are so generous to us as we remember what you did on the cross. God, help us to be generous, God. Help us to be generous. May we give, Lord, and uh, see the nations changed for you, God. May we give and see our neighborhoods changed for you, God. Lord, Lord, I just thank you for the faithfulness of your people. And God, I pray that you continue to bless them in amazing ways. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. And one thing we want to do, I forgot to mention, I haven't had time to talk to Susan. We want to pack more meals next month because we just, we just, we got an increase. And so we're going to sew it back out and, and uh, we're going to pack even more meals for hungry kids overseas. So we're just going to be uh, generous with the money that God has blessed us with. So God is good. It's our time to give now. Don't stop now because we are on the track for, for doing even more for God around the world. And, uh, and that is exciting. So um, and so we'll just watch the, the calendar, and so for the food pack and different things coming up, uh, those things will, will show up. But as the men and women get ready, and you get ready to give this morning, um, the, you can look at your calendar and all the great things happening in there. But uh, men and women, come forward. Come forward at this time. And uh, God, once again, I know we've been praying a lot, but God, we can't stop thanking you, because uh, Lord, what seemed impossible, and, and uh, God, it was never in doubt with you. God, you knew what you were going to do. And so, God, I just thank you for the miracle that uh, you did in our house here. And God, I pray that that would be a miracle that's duplicated in every home represented in our church family. Lord, that there would be an increase. Lord, somehow, some way. Because God, you said to not grow weary in well-doing. And so as we give, as we sow that seed, The context of that verse is that if we just keep sowing, we will reap that harvest. And so, God, we just sow and we believe, God, that you will meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. God, we honor you this morning. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It is good to sow into the kingdom of God and also sow your prayer requests into the offering as well. We're going to believe God to... um, to answer all those uh, prayer requests. As you look at the um, uh, calendar while we're um, receiving our tithes and offerings, and there's a lot of things happening, um, regular activities, and, and also the uh, um, uh, life screening that's coming up. Uh, we want to be healthy and strong in the Lord. We want a healthy uh, new year in our physical bodies as well. But you'll notice there's, there's not a lot on the, the January calendar and that's for a reason. It's because we want to seek the Lord in a new year. And so we're going to come together this Wednesday night for a night of, of worship and prayer. And a lot of people add fasting to that or, or reading the Bible through the year or, or different things. But we want to seek the Lord every time we get together on the weekend. This Wednesday night when we get together, when we, when we get together with our midweek connection, we're going to be doing something different than I'll be talking about in the weeks to come at the end of January. We want to seek the Lord in the new year. There's no better time than to go after what God has for us. And so as you look at that January calendar, you may say, well, there's not a lot of special events. No, we want you to be at the events that we have planned, uh, the services, the weekend services, the Wednesday nights, and be there and be expecting God to move in your life. And if you don't have a Bible reading plan, uh, go on the internet, uversion.com. They have all these different reading plans that you can uh, go with, uh, fasting, different things. There's so many things out there. But we want you to get in touch with God in the new year. And also, you want some more good news? Sure, why not? Right, yeah. Okay, do you guys want to wake up? No, I'm just kidding. No, but do you want new good news? But no, we want to, we want to make a special announcement today that uh, Rusty Mead and Mary Jane Fleming are going to announce their engagement today. So if you would stand, and uh, they are going to get in, they're engaged, got engaged over Christmas, and... Um, that's... Uh, that's my Uncle Rusty, if you don't know. And it's just good when young kids find each other, isn't it? And um, our sermon series, uh, maybe you've seen this in the lobby, our sermon series for the, the um, January is The Story Of. The Story Of. We're going to talk about the story of different things and, and, and then eventually, specifically, the story of your life. What are you writing with your life? We're going to just talk about those things, but today we're going to start with the, the story of Christian Life Church. And 35 years ago today, Pastor Merrill got up, and as he was preaching, uh, he preached a message that he's going to preach again this morning. And it's funny how God's Word fits no matter when it's preached, whatever time it is. And uh, so we're going, to, we're going to honor the past today, and uh, we're going to move into the weeks to come, into our present lives, and into the future but uh, we're going to look at the story of Christian Life Church, and I invite Pastor and Mrs. Merrill to come up. And uh, on this special day, come on up, come on up. And on this special day, <laughs> but, uh, 
I mean, there's, there's no way you could repay someone who's given their lives for a, a work and, and stuff, but it's important to uh, just have those stones of remembrances. So we wanted to do a plaque in remembrance of today. And, um, but I know that Pastor Merrill would be the first to say that a church isn't the pastor. It's everyone together. That if we don't all give and we don't all serve, I mean, there's people in the nursery, people with our children, there's people gushing. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this without everybody. But, but we do want to honor our leadership. And so this is presented to Dr. Daryl and Jerry Merrill for 35 years of faithful service and servant leadership to Christian Life Church. And then the verse that he shared with us when he planted the church, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Psalm 127.1, presented January 2nd, 2011. And uh, so, well, stay standing because Pastor Merrill's coming up and he's going to preach the very first sermon he preached. Uh, 35 years ago. One more standing ovation as he comes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You, you may be seated. And uh, we just want to say thank you. And uh, it's great to lock into a place or a ministry and then just be here so that 35 years later you, people can clap for you and stand up and and uh i think all the pastors that change every few years they never get that feeling so uh thank you for being here and for honoring us today and we really appreciate uh the church and what god has done and that we're here and god is moving and it's a great honor and privilege to have served you and to be serving you uh these years so we want to say thank you it's always a gr- it's always a great joy to preach uh to you and the congregation here at Christian Life, and especially on a day like this, which is the first Sunday of a brand new year. Yesterday was uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I mean. We had a New Year's Eve party with the entire Korean congregation. They fixed a food for us, and it was tremendous service as we had Korean singing and English singing, and it was just wonderful in communion at midnight on New Year's Eve. But uh, then New Year's Day, I don't know if you checked the date, it was 1-1-1-1. I put that in my check when I gave today, 1-1-1-1. To start with the first fruits uh, to God, you'll never get the chance to write that date again, probably. Uh, so it doesn't seem possible that today is January 2nd, 2011. Never thought of that when we first started out. But uh, the first Sunday of New Year represents new beginnings. That's what I'm talking about to begin with. New beginnings is how Jerry and I felt 35 years ago when we came to the northwest suburbs to uh, pastor, just to see what God would do through with us and, and with this ministry. And it really was a time of new beginnings for us, for our family, new beginnings for the church, and really new beginnings for a lot of people who have made their church home here through the years. And it was a new venue for you, for us as a family. Everything changed for us and our ministry. I had taught in our Bible college for 20 years previous to coming here. I'll update you a little bit on the facts that passed. And uh, just a little side note on the college. Uh, Jerry's dad, who is Dr. Mead, who is also the father of Rusty Mead, who stood up and is, is getting married, um, Jerry's dad, Dr. Mee, was president of the Bible College, and I had served under his ministry and direction for those 20 years. We'd worked together. And uh, the year that we came to pastor here, Dr. Mee died at the age 54 during open-heart surgery. And uh, so we uh, began then to carry on the ministry of what is now in this location, that is Christian Life College, which is still existing. And in the Bible College, I had taught the book of Acts, as most of you know, for 20 years. I'd also taught church history, epistles, subjects like that. And I saw in the scripture, I, I, I saw 
how I believe the New Testament church ought to be. With the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ being the head of the church. But I have to say, I didn't too often see that in practice in modern day structure of the world, uh, of the church in the world, because I often saw more man-made organizations. And I thought, let's get back to the word of God. And as if, it was as if the Lord was saying to me personally, you've taught young people who are going to go out in the ministry how the church ought to be in the New Testament pattern. Now go and put in practice a viable, visible, local church. Go practice what you've been teaching as you go out to begin this church. And build a church on that pattern that you've seen in the Word. It was this that the Lord was saying to me, teach my people. Begin to worship in the Spirit and practice what you've been preaching or teaching for 20 years. And so we began this next phase of our ministry when we came to see the New Testament put in practice, New Testament pattern for the local church built in this place and in this congregation, just based upon the Word of God, just going by what the Bible said, not built on a denomination or a headquarters, but just God's people gathering unto Him in a body of believers in a local church. That's what God laid on our heart to do as we came. And that's why we came. That's why we're here. I think I should say that's why we've stayed so long. <laughs> because it's just to see God's will and His Word accomplished in this local church. I'd like to read a verse of Scripture as we begin this morning. If you have your Bibles or maybe on the screen, it's found in the book of Philippians, the third chapter, verse 13, and it deals with the past. Middle of that verse, Philippians 3.13 says, Forgetting the past. The past, let's forget the past. We can't live in the past. And I just want to say that's a good word for us on the first Sunday of a new year. Just forget the past and all the failures of the past. Condemnation, things we've been in that we don't like. We cannot live victoriously in that condemnation and constantly under the struggles and failures of the past. Commit that to the Lord. That's what we did in communion this morning. Commit that to the Lord, and then go forward into this year lying ahead of us with victory and promise of what God can do in our life. Can you say amen? amen. Let's bury it and go on. And as I came to pastor this church, or Jerry and I came, I said several times, I don't want us to begin this church pattering after the past. I don't want us to duplicate what I've seen in the church. I want this to be a place, a place to see what God wants to do now, today, right here with us. And the verse here says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Looking forward to what lies ahead is our future in God. I think we need to believe Him and trust Him even more as we go into 2011. i tell you that God has great things in store for us as we walk in faith, as we expect to receive the fulfillment of his promise. God wants to do some great and mighty things in us. That was our spirit and our vision as we began this ministry 35 years ago. While you're looking at the word here, look at verse 14. And verse 14 is the present, what we do now. And it says, I press toward the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, in this one verse, you have the past, and it says, forget the past. Let's not duplicate that. And the present, press on in the present, and look to the future of what God has in head, ahead for us. Past, present, and future. And what it says in conclusion, next verse 15 says, Let all who are spiritually mature, you are growing up in God, agree on these things. Or the Amplified Version, have the mind of God and hold these convictions that we're going to forget what's failed. We're going to press on in the future because God has some great things in store as we walk with him daily. And that was God's plan for us back when we started back then. It's, I believe, our plan for us today. Pastor Darrell asked if on this first Sunday of the new year and it's our anniversary, thank you for a beautiful plaque and appreciate that. 
But he asked if I would look back, take a look at the past, and recount where we have come from and how God has led us as a church up into this hour. And it's good once in a while to look back to our heritage, look back to our foundation, to our calling. So I'm preaching about the past this morning, how we got started in a church. Pastor Fred is going to share later, we were talking today about the ministries that going on, are going on in the church and the people that are involved, what God is doing right now. That's the present where God's opening and people are involved in opportunity being led by the Spirit for our ministry. And then as we begin this year in January, I'm sure Pastor Darrell is going to be sharing the future where God is leading us, what he wants to accomplish in his church as we walk with him in his coming year. Past, present, future, the Lord is with us. And as we look at that, interesting as we move into the second decade of this century, who would have thought it? Who would have thunk that? Couldn't believe that we'd make it this far. I never even thought about that when we started. We were almost in the middle of the previous century, and here we are today. This is a historical Sunday. Not only is it the first Sunday of a year, but in relationship to Christian Life Churches and our, our church family, it's interesting to look back and see how God has led us. Several things, how God's led us. Number one, it was 16 years ago, last Thanksgiving Sunday, that we moved into this sanctuary. It doesn't seem like we've been here 16 years. And I just want to say, for 16 years, and all the activities and all the meetings in this sanctuary, I just want to say it really looks good, very good for that amount of time. And I want to thank all of you who have helped take care of the house of God and keep it a place where we can worship and preserving it so well. Sixteen years ago, we moved in here. Another historic moment was regards to our church, 1981, when we moved to this location at 400 East Gregory. Thirty years ago, when God gave us this property for our church, I'll tell you, that time it was a real step of faith, real step of faith to purchase this land and this building, but we've been in this particular location 30 years of the 35. But the main thing I'm doing in this message I want to refer to is that for Jerry and me, as you said, this is our anniversary as pastors here. First Sunday in January, the new year, 1976. Notice I didn't say 1776. <laughs> 1976. When Jerry and I came out to pass this little church in the suburbs. And um, Daryl was only six years old at that time. Jody, who's in the nursery, is only two at that time. And I still had black hair. And of course, Jerry looks about the same. Uh, I found a picture of us. We're going to put it on the screen. There we are when we came out. I found that old picture. It was taken in, in uh, 1976. And that's how we look back when we, when we started. So that's just a little history of us and CLC on this historic day. And I want to praise God for his direction, for his leading. We're not quite as young as we used to be back then, but uh, God's been with us for 35 years. I want to say to God be the glory. Hallelujah. We give God praise for what he's completed here. Amen. As we drove out here for that very first Sunday, January 1976, much prayer and even fasting Seeking God had gone into this decision of us to come here. Because we wanted to make sure this was God's will for us. And then what did God want to do for us? What did God want to do for the church? What did God want to do in the church? We had to have the mind of God. As Pastor Joe said, I still remember the very first text I ever preached that Sunday, first Sunday, 1976, we came out. And I want to share now, after that little bit of history... That text and the truth of the message that I preached that very first Sunday of our ministry here. text that day was in Philippians chapter 3 that I referred to earlier. I referred to past, present, and future from Philippians 3. But the verse I read that morning was verse 12, the verse before that. Philippians 3.12 was my text. And it starts out, not as though I had already attained or were already perfect. <laughs> I'm sure we could say, looking back, we were not perfect. At that time. And Paul said, I had not attained everything. I wasn't perfect. What Paul was saying is, I haven't arrived yet, and we certainly had not arrived. Certainly true of the beginning of us in this voyage together. We had not arrived, but we were here to learn 
to see what God would do if we would just open up to the Holy Spirit and uh, work this out as we would grow into the body of Christ he wanted us to be. Then the Apostle Paul goes on and says, I haven't attended, but I follow after. And here's the message that I gave that very first day. I follow after. We're going to go after God that I may apprehend that for which I have been apprehended of, which is Christ Jesus. And the thought was, God has apprehended us. God has laid his hand upon us. He's laid hold of us for a purpose. Now, I told the people, it's up to us as a church. It's up to us as his people to reach out and lay hold of the purpose for which he laid hold of us. God laid hold of us for a purpose. It's up to us to lay hold of that purpose that we might be found, it says at the end, in Christ Jesus. Our goal, conform to his image. Be made like Jesus. To be what he had in mind when he touched us in the very first place and called us to be his own. I've never forgotten that first message. When he mentioned I preach today, I said, can I preach that first message again, that thought? that I preached in the church 35 years ago, because it still holds true for us today. It's not a 35-year-old message. This is a present-day message in 2011. I remember I I read this verse from the Amplified New Testament, which I brought along with me today. Amplified was fairly new back then. And the Amplified reads this verse this way. Not that I have now obtained to be this ideal, or am already made perfect, but I press to lay hold of, or to grasp, to make my own that for which Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. Do you understand the emphasis there? It's more than just I press on. I want to lay hold of this. I want to grasp what God had. I want to make my own what he made me his own for. I shared that with a new congregation starting out. Let's lay hold. And I remember repeating it over and over, time and time again. I think Lars and Harriet were in that service. I don't know if they remember it, but I remember it well. That we might lay hold of, that we might grasp, make our own that for which Jesus Christ laid his hand upon me and why Christ grasped me. What was his purpose? And I could see this picture for the church that God had laid hold of what is now Christian Life Church. God had laid hold of us. He was calling this church into existence even as a church, as though he reached down and laid his hand upon us. He touched us. I had the picture of the Lord from heaven getting a hold of, touching us on the shoulder for a purpose, saying, I want you you to, there's a reason why you're here. Let's fulfill that reason. And if he reached down for us, and it's still true today, our purpose is to reach up to him, that we might meet and lay hold of the purpose. He comes down with a purpose, and I don't want to just live my life through the ages. I want to reach up and find the purpose that God laid hold of me for, that I might grasp what he had in mind to make it my very own, the purpose that he laid his hand upon me. Could I just say this morning, let's each one do that as we begin a, a new year, that, that we might say, God, you call me for a purpose. I'm not going to live life without fulfilling that purpose. You touch me for a reason. I want to touch that. You grasp my life. I don't want to miss my grasping back at what you had, that we might meet together in the middle. That's why God called us to pastor this church so that we would lay hold of what God had laid hold of us for. And we need to grasp it to make sure that it's ours, the very purpose of why we are called in Christ Jesus. In other words, that's why we would have a church here. 1976, I said, this is why we're going to have a church here. And I want to say, I still believe that that is the purpose of why we're here. The determination as Christians that we must have if we're going to go on and follow after God, and we're going to be the people that God intended us. This is going to be the church that God intended to be. And this is just as fervent and real to me as the first day I preached it 
35 years ago. I'd like for us this morning to renew our covenant with God on the first Sunday of another new year to be the people that God intended for us to be in his church, to be found in Christ Jesus, all that God intended our life to be, be fulfilled as he laid his hand upon us. It wasn't useless. It was for a purpose. And that was my message. Basically, it's not changed. We must be found in Christ to be all that he intended for us to be. So I say this morning, let's be the people of God now in 2011. The, the Christians that God had in mind when he first called us to be his people. Amen? Amen. That's my message that I came uh, to bring. And it's still good today. That's the first message I preached. And uh, do you want to know what I preached the next four Sundays after that? Next Sunday, I preached that this church is going to be a worshiping church. Pastoral choice, that was four points. I took four Sundays and took those four points. We've never gotten away from them because they're embedded in the in the foundation out there. They're embedded in the doors. They're embedded in the stained glass windows. But but I just preached, we're going to be a worshiping church. And um, let me describe what it was like. It wasn't a church where there was a, we didn't have any staff. Jerry and I just came out to this little place. I led the singing and the worship. Jerry played the piano. It was us on the platform. There was no Jonathan Jensen at that time. Jerry played the piano. I made the announcements. I took up the offering. Then Jerry took the little kids down to the basement and taught them children's church while I preached to the adults upstairs. And uh, guess who Jerry's helper was downstairs? It was Harry Ellis, who Harry and Sharon are still here every, Sunday, every Saturday night. And he would go down with Jerry and help take care of the kids while she taught them. And the other fellow went, was also named Harry. His name Harry Oates. Is, uh, I don't know if uh, Steve and Danielle are here this morning. Are you here? Steve and Danielle? Maybe not. Uh, anyhow, uh, Harry Oates helped with it. We had a beat up old van, an old Ford van, and Harry Oates would drive it every Sunday and pick up children, bring them back into the church. And then Jerry would take them down and teach it. And the Oates family, I think it's very interesting that this Harry Oates, who was there in the beginning, his, I think it's his nephew now and his wife, Steve and Danielle, are part of our church because they started coming to the West Campus. We moved out west. They lived out there, started coming there. When we started out there, and here is the second generation of people who were active back in those years are still here in the church today. They were here uh, last Sunday, I know, and they're the second generation. As I said, we didn't have a staff or any help, no children or church, children's pastor. I think Larson Harriet's daughter, who was in high school, took her friends to the house next door and, and taught them. That was our youth group, and it began to grow. As I said, I led the singing, and Jerry played the piano, and there was nobody to take care of our kids. So um, Daryl and Jody sat right on the front row by the piano, and uh, Jerry played the piano, and Mom could just look at them while she was playing. And they we didn't need a children's church. Mom's eyes did the whole thing. I think that's why Daryl is such a good pastor today and, and why Jody serves in so many ways. I went down to the nursery after the service. I said, Jody, can you come to church today? I want to mention you in a sermon. And she said, no, I've got to stay here and be in the nursery. And uh, she's serving in many ways. But uh, they grew up in this thing with us. They were part of serving God. Whatever needed to be done, we just did it. It was our life. It, and it was, it was great. Worshiping church, first Sunday. Say, how did that happen? Well, I... Had some courses, and Jerry played as I led him. Worshiping attitude, we came into praise and worship. And uh, first Sunday, singing some new courses. And then I thought, what do we do now? I thought, well, I feel God said we're going to be worshiping church, but I didn't see much worshiping. So uh, I shut my eyes so I wouldn't see anybody. And I lifted my hands, and I began to sing praises to God. I don't know if anybody else is going to join me. Or not, I thought, what do I have to lose? We don't have a church anyhow here, so let's just worship God and see what happened. You know, before very long, people were joining me, and before long, it seemed like everybody in church was worshiping God, and we were a worshiping 
church. Next Sunday I preach, you guessed it, we're going to be a teaching church. Because I'd been in teaching in Bible school and so on. If we're going to teach the Word, it's going to be God's Word. I think the timing was very interesting in 1776. I'm old, but not that old. 1976 was very strategic. A charismatic movement of the 60s and 70s. People had left the old established church for the gifts of the Spirit and worshiping God, being filled with the Spirit. Some of those groups that they were in had, had really gone as far as they were going. And then they heard that there was a church out of the northwest suburbs where people were worshiping God in the Spirit. But there was still there a pastor who would preach a solid Bible, they left the church. They left pastors. They were meeting in restaurants and basements and homes and so on. But then they heard, man, we could still go into a church and have a pastor, but also have the freedom and truth of the Holy Spirit and worship God like we found him personally to be, we could be filled with the Spirit and want more of God. And I'll tell you, the word spread like, like wildfire. People came from all over. Cars were parked up and down the street for three blocks on Sunday morning uh, to get in that little place. No air conditioning. Summer came. It was hot. It was crowded. But there was life in the spirit. And before long, we were putting about 150 people in a building that seated 85. And they sat on hard wooden pews. We put chairs down the aisle. They were in the lobby, clear out to the front door steps. And uh, latecomers would drive by, see how crowded it was, and just keep on going because they know there was no way that they could get in. It was really exciting. It was glorious because it was a revival and a freedom that was the beginning of our church. As Pastor Earl said, not only worshiping and teaching, but a caring church. We met together. We began to work out relationships and become a body. That was my third message, that we would care as, as relational between people. Fourth thing, the church would be a sharing church, sharing the gospel here at home and around the world in missions, as he said. Um, you may be surprised. He gave the, the figure we only started with, I think the first year was $4,000. That's all we had to send out. Remember that first year, first month, uh, Lars was ready to go to the mission field, and we prayed over him, sent him out to the mission field to build something. He's been doing that for these 35 years. We didn't have much money coming in, but the vision kept growing, and so that would just come in. Uh, given by people here and special designations, he said, uh, just, ex- uh, j- just begin to explode. And until approximately every year, it's been 20, 25% of our money is there to reach others going through these doors. In closing this morning, let me just briefly say that it's memorable for us, it's historic, but this whole thing was born in prayer. You say, how did we get there? It was a fall of 1975, there was a young brother that was out there at that church, and he left to go with the 700 Club. At a time of prayer and fasting, was uh, called together in, in Williams Bay, Wisconsin. We're going to stay overnight and fast and pray that what should be done with this building and the few people out in this plains. And I was invited to come along on this prayer and fasting uh, retreat. We waited on God, and uh, later in the evening, and came from the Lord that uh, one of the pastors from the church in Chicago, which is Philadelphia Church, where I had been serving uh, a number of years while I taught in Bible school as well, that uh, one of the pastors should come out and do something in the suburbs. Went to bed next morning, uh, came together to wait on God more. And I'll tell you, I had a terrific headache. I remember because of no coffee, we were fasting and thought, this is horrible. And uh, I wanted a cup of coffee. And then somebody got a word from the Lord that the person that should go out here would be Daryl Merrill. And I said, me? <laughs> well, I remember at first, I thought, no way. I'm involved in ministry. I'm happy. Where I don't want to move. So we're contented. We're serving the Lord where we are. But then I did say, well, I'll pray about it. And I told God, I don't want to do that. I want to go start all over, little place. And God began to speak to me what he would do in his church. And I got a definite word for that we should go. And so I said yes. And we started on January 1st, 1976. We've been here ever since. 
two, two verses I want to give you in closing became the lightning rod for this ministry as Jerry and I came. This will be the basis for our ministry. One is on the plaque that you gave us. Psalms 127.1, I just kept referring, except the Lord build this house, we are laboring in vain. In other words, we're just spinning our wheels unless God is going to do something. It was our focus that it would not be us, but it would be His doing. What we're going to see done in this church is His leading. And the Lord would be the head of this church because He had said, I will build my church. And that's what we wanted to see. It would be His church, not mine. First verse, Psalm 127.1. And the second would be our position, how we would operate. Not a man-made ministry, but a God. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And the method would be found in Acts 15, where it says it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. I don't know how many times I repeated that to people in the service. Everything. The way we would do things, the way we would make plans, the way we would make de- decisions. And I want to declare I feel it's still our same focus today, Pastor Darrell is a principle found throughout the book of Acts, quoted in Acts 15, 28. It's saying, good to the Holy Ghost first. We get His mind first, and then we agree with that. Then to us. And this is what God wants done in the church and for His kingdom. That's, that's the way we started, and that's the way we've kept going. And it's been a great run. Hallelujah. Great experience in making Jesus Lord, making Him the head of the church. And I want to thank you, for being a part of the local body of believers here today at Christian Life. So that's where we came from, and uh, this is what you see 35 years later. And I want to say to God be the glory, great things He has done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Great things you have done. Amen. I'm just so thankful to the Lord that we could be the right people in the right place at the right time to see the will of God accomplished. And I would like to add a word of thankfulness this morning for all of you and for the people that God has led here to sit under the the ministry and worship God in this place, some for just a short amount of time, others for all the years we've been here. Again, I say, to God be the glory for the people that have come through Christian life. Personally, let me say, Jerry and I are really grateful that God sent us to pastor here. They were thankful that our children, our kids, our, and their kids, our grandchildren, are all here in the same church and serving the Lord together. We say personally as a family, to God be the glory. And we give all of the praise and the honor to the one who loved us, called us, and used us in this place. He laid hold of us for a purpose, and we want to make sure we grasp the purpose that he laid upon us. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you all. Amen. It's amazing how God's Word is timeless. It can be true 35 years ago and today. And uh, we want to go in the grace and the peace of the Lord. But before we do, uh, what we do every first Sunday of a month is we give an offering to those in need. And, um, and uh, we were able to uh, give a lot of money away last year, and there was obviously tremendous needs with the economy, and so we uh, uh, actually gave out more than actually came in, but we are uh, believing God to meet all of those needs this year, and so this is your opportunity at the first of the year to give the entire offering today. It goes to help the poor and help those in need, and um, so we want to do that this morning and uh, just conclude our time together by being faithful and giving. This is an above and beyond offering. If you don't have money, don't feel like you have to give. But if God's blessed you, you have money you can give to those in need today, please feel free to do that. We invite the men and women to come forward. God, we just thank you for your word today. And um, God, I thank you for the solid foundation on which our church is built. And it's not built because it's built on a, a person or people, because it's built on your word. And God, I thank you that we can build our lives this year on your word. And so, Lord, we build right now in an offering, and we want to be just obedient to you. So, Lord, we give to those who are in need this morning. We honor you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to hear what we heard today because um, you can't build the next level. 
You can't go to another level if you don't have a solid foundation. And I just praise God that he placed a solid foundation in our house here that we can take what God wants us to do to the next level. And we're going to talk about that in the weeks to come as we share about uh, God's working in our church. And again, I'm just thrilled this morning to say that we have a miracle working God. We have the greatest people in the world. And God has so much for us to do uh, here and around the world. I did the math while uh, Pastor Merrill was preaching. And Pastor Merrill was my age when he came to pastor Christian Life Church, 42 years old. So that's, uh, so, um, that's amazing, actually. That's, uh, that's wild. And um, do you have the picture of them? Can we put that back on the screen, Pastor Merrill and Mrs. Merrill? It, it's, it's funny because um, I was looking at that, and it looked like a, a Merv Griffin stunt double or something. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, Dad, look at you. Should have been on TV in the 70s. That, that would have been, uh, been great. But uh, yes, Mom was very glamorous. Yes, she's always glamorous. That's what I think of when I think of Mom, glamorous. Um, but uh, uh, we want to go in the, in the grace and the peace of the Lord this morning. But uh, as we go, I want to invite you back this Wednesday night. We're going to just have a time of prayer and worship. No agenda, just seeking the Lord. No better way to start the year than through prayer and worship. And I'd love to see this place packed out on Wednesday night as we just seek the Lord. And um, go after what God has for you. Get into his word this year. Fast, pray, um, and say, God, this is your year in my life. And we'll talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday night in the weeks to come. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord? This is a blessing that's been given over God's people for thousands of generations. And I love what the Bible says, that when the, the priest would offer this blessing, God said this, I myself, I Yahweh, will bless them. So this blessing is not a blessing that I'm giving to you. This is a blessing that God is giving to you as it is read. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon us in a brand new year. May it be a reality in each and every one of our lives. God, I thank you for this morning. And God, I thank you for what you have done And uh, as we read in your word, we press on to what you have for us in the future. God, keep us safe. Keep us strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll see you on Wednesday night. If anyone needs special prayer, we'll be down front to pray with you.